I know that you want to make a difference, and I'm going to tell you how. You're on Top of the Mount with Darren Waddles. before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. We must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The things that God has told you shall come to pass. The greatest revival in the history of this church. Welcome back, everybody. You are on top of the mount with me, your host, Darren Waddles. Today, I have a special treat. We will be having our first ever interview with one of my good friends in the Arkansas State Legislature. Now, before I introduce him, first, I want to say thank you to all my subscribers and listeners. Without you, this podcast would not be possible. Uh, And if you have any questions on whatever is going on in the world of politics uh, here in the United States or just internationally, uh, please, uh, you can uh, send me a message through our Facebook page at On Top of the Mount with Darren Waddles podcast, or you can uh, message me uh, through our or my email at draywaddles at gmail.com. Uh, I will try to get those answered as quickly as possible on upcoming podcasts because this is what this podcast is about, is informing you and trying to engage you in the process and getting you informed to be prepared for the campaigns to come. And by campaigns, I'm not necessarily saying to run for office, but to get you engaged in the process. So in the case that issues or legislation comes up that that is contradictive to our uh, to our principles and to the foundation of the apostolic doctrine we need to stand up and let our voices be heard and there is a process in doing so so send those questions to my facebook page and to that my email and i will get those questions answered as soon as possible but To our interview today, again, I have a very special guest, a very good friend, and he is going to incite us on the role of a Christian legislator and to see how the world reacts to an outspoken Christian legislator. Uh, He will be very insightful and, frankly, very eye-opening to a lot of situations that most people overlook and didn't really realize it actually is going on. So, so without further ado, get that wax out of your ears and listen up, because the interview begins now.
Today, we have a very special guest on the podcast, someone who is a very strong voice for life and Christian values in my state of Arkansas. He was elected in 2010. He was a, or he has been a champion for many pro-life bills in the state, commissioned the Ten Commandments Monument on the Little Rock Capitol grounds, and I had the privilege to work with him both in the legislature during the 90th General Assembly and as a fellow delegate to the Republican National Convention in 2016 to witness the historic nomination of soon-to-be President Donald J. Trump. Listeners, I introduce to you my good friend, an awesome fiddle player, by the way, from Bigelow, Arkansas, State Senator Jason Wil- Raper. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Darren. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm glad to be on program with you. Now, Senator, uh, before we get started, um, if you can briefly, in your own words, who is Jason Raper and what, what is his relevance in the topic of Christianity and politics? Well, uh, depending on who you talk to, that could be a loaded question. But <laughs> I actually, the, the, the thumbnail sketch is that, you know, I am a, an Arkansan. Um, I was born and raised in northeast Arkansas in a very small community uh, called Supply, Arkansas, and uh, graduated from a little town called Maynard in Maynard Public Schools. Got married when I was 18 years old to my wife, Laurie. Uh, we've now been married. we coming up on 31 years this year. Uh, we moved to Conway, Arkansas, where we went to college, finished there. Uh, that's where I've, we've raised our family and had our business. Uh, we do have a farm now, which you mentioned is located. Actually, it's closer to Conway than Bigelow, but it does have a Bigelow address. And so we've been in the Arkansas area, uh, a small business owner involved in several different uh, business ventures over the years. And, uh, and actually, I'm ordained into the ministry. I actually was ordained into the ministry, and our ministry name is Holy Ghost Ministries. Um, people can look us up at holyghostministries.org. Uh, we've been in ministry since 2002. I've done a lot of evangelistic work as well as mission work. I've led eight teams into Ghana, West Africa, spreading the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, the last time I was there before getting into the political arena, we literally baptized 70 Muslims into the Lord Jesus Christ in northern Ghana. And uh, I've seen literally thousands of people touched over the years in, in that ministry and our ministry here at home as well. Uh, I've also preached some in Canada uh, doing doing ministry. But in 2010, after several months, God had been dealing with me, and I basically was praying and to seek the Lord about what I should do, because like many people listening here, you know, raising our family, running our business, and being focused on that, but also fulfilling ministry bivocationally. And in my prayer time about what I needed to do, God spoke very clearly to me and said, why are you not sacrificing to serve at home Mm. at the same level that you've been sacrificing to serve overseas now that your country is in trouble? And so in 2010, I resigned my position with uh, Merrill Lynch, formed my own company and filed a run for the state Senate and all in a span of about 30 days. And I was elected as the first Republican since the end of the Civil War to win what was then Senate District 18. And, uh, and that's kind of my start in the political realm. I've since been elected three more times 
because of redistricting, my district is Senate District 35. So I've had four elections, successfully won uh, with Democrat opponents. And then as it pertains to your program today, uh, I always have stated very clearly that I want to take a stand for God and country. Uh, my very first political mailer or postcard, if you will, uh, stated that I believe that uh, in the pro-life message and that I believe that abortion should be abolished and that I also believe in traditional marriage between one man and one woman. And uh, I also believe that should be returned to the standard here in, in America as well. And so I've taken a strong stand. And I guess to close the loop on this, uh, over many, many different things that we've been involved with, Darren, uh, I had a vision for the National Association of Christian Lawmakers, and that has been now successfully launched. And I'm told it's the first time in the history of the United States that there ever has been a National Association of Christian Lawmakers. Wow. And so we launched that in August of 2020, and we have a national board of advisors that includes people such as Governor Mike Huckabee, former Congressman Bob McEwen from Ohio, uh, Tony Perkins of the Family Research Council, Andrew Womack of Womack Ministries in Colorado, Pastor Happy Caldwell right here in the state of Arkansas with Channel 25, the Victory Television Network, Janet Porter, who is the, the breath behind the heartbeat bill, and several others. And uh, lastly, I will say that I'm very proud that now that we are officially organized, we have 23 separate state chairs already installed. Uh, these are state senators and state representatives from all over the country. Uh, Sarah Vance from Alaska, Representative Mark Pearson from New Hampshire, Representative um, uh, Tom Oliverson from Texas, Senator Dennis Baxley in Florida. I could go on and on. And wow. you can look all of that up at christianlawmakers.com. And here's what's important, and then I'll take a breath for your next question. <laughs> Here in Arkansas, we have really made some great gains, and we've done some significant things to stand for God and country, but we're only 1% of the American population. That means that we could be doing everything right here in the state of Arkansas and still lose America. Wow. So the burden that I had, yeah, so the burden that I had was that we needed to make a difference in the country at a higher level. And so the National Association of Christian Lawmakers is made up of state, federal, and local elected officials at all levels. And the bottom line is we're working to make sure that we as Christians are fulfilling our duty in Genesis 1, 26 through 28 to take authority and dominion in the earth, to stand up for righteousness because the Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That's good. That is really good. Um, on that note, Let's, let's kind of dive into this next question because it pertains to, to that and where Christians actually belong. So uh, where do you believe the church body defined in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, not the established organizations, of course, where does that church belong in the realm of politics? Well, uh, what I would say, again, and I take it back to Genesis 1:26 through 28. When God created man and woman, he told them to go multiply and replenish the earth and to take authority and dominion over the birds in the air, over the fish in the sea, over everything that creeps over the earth. 
And so that was the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible, which is revered by us and as well is also the first book in the Torah uh, mm -hmm. for the Jewish faith. And so that's a very clear admonition. There are other scriptures and, and things to refer to throughout scripture, such as we're to occupy until Jesus comes, that we're to continue. We're in, in, even in the Great Commission, we're to spread the gospel right throughout the entire earth and so when you say where is the church you know obviously individuals are part of the church but it is that we are to impact the culture we are mm -hmm. to impact the areas that we live one of the things that i have found over the years it's a very common phrase used by people and that is well i'm just in this world but i'm not of this world i'm just passing through and and that's true statement but what happens is suddenly sometimes that is misappropriated, uh, meaning people get the impression that you shouldn't worry about that you have no need to even be involved in things in your community because you're going to heaven. Well, brothers and sisters, hallelujah, we are going to heaven and we are looking for Jesus's return. But until that time, your children and your grandchildren have to live right here on earth. And it says even in the uh, uh, Lord's Prayer, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. People forget that, Darren. It yes. says, thy will be done on earth mm -hmm. as it is in heaven. And so we are to be salt and light, it says in the word. So we're to be salt and light in the world. We are to make an impact in the world because we know that the battle that is raging is at its heart, a spiritual battle. All that you see happening in America today with all the turmoil, turmoil, I tell people this is the spiritual warfare manifesting in the physical realm. Why are these people walking down our streets dressed in black with their faces covered with bats and bricks and breaking windows and burning buildings and hurting each other? Why are they doing that? I've seen pictures of some of these people screaming as if they're out of their mind. And you know what? They are out of their mind. They are influenced by demonic influences that no doubt are at play in our world. Even today, this has happened from the beginning of time. And for the Christian, we should be involved. And I will state this very plainly. When I go and preach in churches and encourage them to be involved, as much as we would like, every time they release voting counts, Darren, they tell you how many people, how many individuals voted. The angels aren't assigned to vote. Christians are. And we should be active and we should take authority in our community. Okay, right there. I, um, I had a question specifically talking about the spiritual warfare. Um, and I did have that down the list to talk about, but since you already brought it up, I'm going to head down to that question. Uh, so, <clears throat> Senator Rapert, uh, in the United Pentecostal Church, we are taught about spiritual warfare, of which we war with the carnal flesh, a war pitted between the spiritual self and the satanic spirits that tempt the flesh. In your tenure, I know that you have been at a war with spirits, more so satanic ones and actual flesh. Uh, could you please tell us about those experiences and how future leaders should confront those battles 
Well, that is a good question, and it's one that I will answer in brevity because of the length of your program. But actually, there is a whole lot to say on this matter. Um, you know, uh, the Word of God says the Spirit bears witness with the Spirit. And so we're taught uh, that there, it, there is good and evil in our world. I think so often of Ephesians 6, uh, where we're told to put on the whole armor of God and to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on that armor. It talks about the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, etc. Again, go read that passage in chapter 6. And that is telling us, the Christian, that we have to be cognizant of what is going on in the heavenlies uh, that we deal with and that we are to prepare ourselves for that battle. And I would submit to every Christian that you would not be admonished to put on the armor if you were not expected to be in the battle. And so there is no greater battle going on in our country right now than that between the belief between good and evil, right and wrong, and what is reality. And in our nation, and again, I'm trying to summarize this for you, Darren, is that when you take stands, you suddenly find yourself face to face with some of that. And as you know, in 2015, I did pass the Ten Commandments monument bill here in the state of Arkansas, and it was passed overwhelmingly, signed into law. We raised all of the funds to put that monument on the grounds of the state capitol. In less than 24 hours, a man drove halfway across our state and filmed himself running over and destroying that monument. And the first question is, why? <laughs> well, so happens that the man that did that also destroyed the Oklahoma Ten Commandments monument. And he even said in an interview that when he was listening to the news and he heard the news come on and had a picture of that monument going up, his words were, a voice told me to go destroy wow. that monument. Wow. Well, for the Christian, you would say, we know whose voice that probably was. Uh, for the secular person, they would say, uh, he's mentally unstable. I think that both of them are true statements. Both of them are true statements. He is unstable. And I believe that the uh, core of that instability is demonic influence in his life. And uh, I am a minister of the gospel and I don't stutter about the fact that we know uh, that this is something that is present throughout history and throughout the world. I would tell you that someone like Adolf Hitler was demonically influenced to want to kill the millions of people that he killed in Germany, not the least of which, of course, the Nazis killing 6 million Jews. And so that's demonic influence. Uh, here in Arkansas in 2013, I passed the heartbeat bill. It was the very first heartbeat bill passed in the nation. The first one that was run was in Ohio, but we were the first to successfully pass that bill. And when we did that, that is when our trouble started as individual trouble, meaning uh, national focus with national stories mm -hmm. and the attacks that came ended up causing threats even to our family. Uh, we've had people threaten to kill me many, many times, more than once. Uh, they've threatened to, they put out wanted posters and said that somebody should go shoot this expletive. Uh, we've had put in writing that the Antifa related person, this was in 19, uh, stated that they were going to come and consume me alive wow. and then kill me in front of my family. 
my family has at one time was asked to leave the state. That was in 2013 because of the threats. And so we have experienced not only spiritual battle, Darren, but frankly, uh, very, very in your face, very, very present threats that have come our way. God has been faithful. And I've very much intent on the fact that, uh, you know, God is our protector. He does give angels charge over us. And Psalm 5611 says, Darren, I put my trust in God. What can any man do to me? And so we, we do our best to stay prayed up, as we say in church, uh, and to be focused on the task at hand. But when you get into this arena and you begin to take a stand, then the enemy does fight against those that are taking a stand. You know, you often hear, if you're not being fought on anything in life, that's probably because you're really not doing anything in life. And so those that get out and, and are in ministry, uh, and in different areas, if you're taking a stand and you're being the salt and light, then you will experience agitation and some darkness around you. And now God will get you through, but we're at a time and place where God is wrapping up his, his word and the prophecies that have been put forth over the years. There's very little, if anything else, that is required to happen before the Lord comes back now. So much has been fulfilled. And so we need to understand that we are in that period of time that is referred to as the last days. And I fundamentally believe that. Mm -hmm. And this is why I think that if we don't, if we want to see America stay strong and thrive, then we have got to resurrect that same foundational spirit that led to the declaration of independence, which said we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that means that God is the giver of our rights. And that's why the secularists and the atheists and the Satanists want to take that out of our culture so badly. Uh, so hopefully that gives you some reflection and insight. But if there's anything further, I'd be glad to answer it. That, that was excellent. Um, uh, and I think that's going to speak well to... Uh, to my listeners, that that was great. Um, <clears throat> now, Senator, um, just briefly going back to the situation at the Capitol uh, with the one with the individual that premeditatedly drove into and destroyed the Ten Commandments monument. Could you speak more in detail about the additional threats and the group that taunted you? with the monument of, uh, uh, oh, I forgot what they call him. They call it Baphomet. And, um, and so obviously, you know, those entities, uh, the state of Arkansas is being sued right now over the Ten Commandments monument. And I've been drawn into that because they hate me. The left hates me for having put that there. Uh, but that was a law duly passed. And obviously, there'll be people listen to your podcast. You'll be interested to know you're liable to get some listeners you weren't expecting if you put this out publicly. Uh, and so I never give them anything to, to cause problems. And so when it relates to that case, what people should know is the state of Arkansas is currently still being sued by these five litigants, the American Atheists, the American Humanists, the ACLU, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, and the Satanic Temple. Uh, 
And those entities came together to be a part of the lawsuit against the state of Arkansas over the monument. And so they did. Uh, we've gotten a lot of, in fact, there was a movie even put out, a documentary called Hail Satan with a question mark. Uh, a third of the movie settled on Arkansas and, uh, and me. Uh, they included a lot of footage from me. In fact, they took it to the Sundance Film Festival, and I was told that um, the first uh, review that came out said the big villain in the film is State Senator Jason Rapert. And so what's happened there, Darren, is that they, and I will tell you, if your listeners go view that, it is R-rated. Uh, there are things in there that will be shocking, so I wouldn't put it in front of children. But I frankly would tell them to watch it because wow. you need to understand and know what we're dealing with. This is not something that is impossible. It's not something that's not a now issue. Th these people are trying to normalize Satanism and atheism in the United States of America, and they are having some success with the younger generations. And so that they have come and, and of course protested here locally and uh, sent me all sorts of horrible things uh, over the years. I will tell you that what's dangerous about this, because frankly, some of them are just shock jocks, if you will. Mm -hmm. They're just looking for shock. They want a few minutes of fame or a few minutes of, of uh, coverage in the media. But what it has led to that people need to understand a real situation is we had a man from Washington state that came to Arkansas simply to get involved in my election, trying to uh, somehow impact my election in 2018. He went so far that he actually ended up falsely accusing me of a crime and trying to somehow entrap me and filed a, a police report accusing me of a crime. Unfortunately for him, I taped his entire interaction with me and I had all the evidence to prove what he had done. He lied and he also lied about the report. And so he was tried and he was convicted and sentenced to jail here in Faulkner County, Arkansas. And he has appealed that he was convicted another time and sentenced to jail as well. And I'm being told that he is still and may even try to appeal to the Supreme court. He is likely a paid activist. Uh, if he's not a paid activist, he is a, a very uh, radical extremist who we know has traveled around the country in different ways. The last time I heard about this man, he was in the state of Montana and had busted out the back glass of a lady's car in a grocery parking lot over an argument wearing the masks. A very great citizen. Yeah. And so these are the kind of people that roam around and they're the kind of people that end up in these riots that try to hurt people and harm people. And so, yes, Darren, uh, you know, we've dealt with these folks very much first. The other thing is that uh, I have a pastor friend that happens to be on a mailing list of the American atheists and he gets their fundraising emails. And every few weeks or months, they have an email that focuses on me and tries to stir up, tries to stir up their members. And so the last one he sent to me was that there are a lot of really bad Christian lawmakers in America, but one of the worst of the worst has to be Christian supremacist 
state senator Jason Rayford. And, and so they constantly do this. And so what they're doing is, you know, they are raising money, uh, stirring up their people on the fact that I have taken stands for life, taken stands for our Judeo-Christian history and heritage, and taken really a lot of stands on, uh, the, on, on what the Bible says about marriage. And, and so the, the, there's, a, there's a real interesting story in the cultural battle of this. But I will tell you, so that people don't think it's all bad, let me work this in for you. I had a message at the Capitol one day that a young man had called and wanted to make sure I got the message, and they said this. They said, Senator, this young man, they called his name, called and said he wanted to apologize. He said a lot of very horrible things about you. I didn't even know who he was, Darren. He said, I've said a lot of very horrible things about the senator, and I just wanted to call and let him know that I'm sorry, and I apologize and would like forgiveness, and to let him know I'm getting baptized on Sunday. And so there are people like that, that they may lash out, but I've even had them to sit with me and say, you know, I don't agree with you on some things but I know you honestly believe in what you're doing and you're sincere. And so even in that, even if they don't change their viewpoint on something, uh, that's a win because I will tell you, I don't hate any of these people. Jesus didn't hate sinners. Jesus didn't hate them at all. He told them the difference between sin and righteousness, but he didn't hate them. He offered them an alternative to turn from that. And so for me, as an individual, I'm going to stand up for the United States Constitution and the Arkansas Constitution that I'm sworn to uphold. But I also, uh, under the Constitution, do not have to surrender Christian and what I believe is right. And so that is important that we continue to be the salt and light in the realms of influence that we're in. Um, and I will say again, there's so much to say on these things that Darren, I will tell you, I preach a sermon called fire walkers out of Daniel chapter three. Mm-hmm. And that's where we hear about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the three men in the fiery furnace. And I tell people, I said, look, this is an encouragement to you. You may think there's a lot of horrible things going on in America now. You may say it's too late for America now, but it's never too late. And God gives you an example that there were just three men that refused to. And by their courage and their faith, even in the face of a Nebuchadnezzar, a king, he said, I'm going to throw you in the fire and destroy you. If you don't bow down, they said, nope. Do what you will. We're not going to bow down. And they were thrown in there, but they were saved, weren't they? They were saved in that fiery furnace. And there was a fourth man that showed up. He was maybe even the likeness of the Son of God. And that fourth man came back out, and it was a testimony. And so the end of that is those three men and their courage and willingness to stand in the face of overwhelming pressure and odds turned the heart of the king and turned the heart of the entire kingdom who then was said, we will worship the one true God. And so for me, that is an encouragement. But right now I will end that statement by saying 
in America today, there are two major false gods that are at play that are stronger than what King Nebuchadnezzar put up in, in his own kingdom. And that is the false god to abortion and the false god to homosexuality. And these are both very, very strong false gods that have been inculcated into law by the federal courts in our nation. And they must be dealt with for this country to experience the true blessing that was meant for us when we were founded in 1776. You know, I, I was going to ask you some other questions, but just as you continue to, to discuss the last question, you're, you're doing a very excellent job of answering everything I had for you. So I, I see that we are limited on the time remaining. So I'm going to go to the final uh, question, which is final sure. thoughts. Uh, so Senator, uh, I'm going to give you the stage and I'll give you um, the ear of my audience. And this is apostolics ranging from the age from uh, their late teens to mid thirties. What would you leave them today with the, and how would you, try to motivate them to engage in the political process? It's important for, for Christians, especially the younger Christians, to engage and to be properly trained in the history of the country and these issues as it affects their lives. Because we're entering a time where truly our freedoms are being challenged. Our freedom of speech, and even our freedom of religion. Never in the history of our country have we seen a time where free speech and religious liberty are under attack like they are today. I would ask them to remember the words of the very first Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court, whose name was John Jay. He was appointed by George Washington, and he said, Providence has given to our people the choice of their rulers, and it is the duty as well as the privilege and interest of our Christian nation to select and prefer Christians for their rulers. And so what happens is I would encourage all the Christians, go vote the Bible. Right. Number one, you got to go vote. Number two, only vote for people that reflect the biblical worldview that you say you believe in. Because what we're experiencing in America is the result of electing ungodly leaders who have made ungodly decisions that are causing real turmoil and pain in our nation. And I could go into a lot of the details, but we don't have time. But I would tell you that this is a point in time where you really don't have a choice. You should be the salt and light in your community, whether you're running for office yourself, which many of you should, or you're supporting people that are Christians that run for office. And I will leave you with one last thing since these are apostolic and Pentecostal listeners. And that is this. Being filled with the Spirit is important in your life because it equips you with gifts of the Spirit by which you are able to navigate a very dark world. And those gifts of the Spirit are as needed in the pub public realm as they are in your church house. Oof. In fact, I would tell you that the gifts of the Spirit are even more critical for the person navigating the world in which we live. And so it says in the Word to be filled with the Spirit. 
And it said the Holy Ghost in the book of John would reveal all truth to you. And so when we're at a time where lies are being used to deceive people so horribly, you need to be filled with the Spirit of God so that the Holy Spirit can reveal that truth to you so you can navigate this world with yourself and your family to be able to survive. If you want America to survive and you want to enjoy the freedoms that have been put in place, then we must return to the Judeo-Christian values that we were built upon and fulfill the national motto, which is, in God, we do trust. That was that was great. Thank you so much, Senator, for being a part of this podcast. Uh, and if someone wanted to reach out to you, how, how could they get a hold of you? One of the easiest ways, of course, if they want to reach out personally, is go to holyghostministries.org. You can sign up for my blog there. And, and that also I encourage because we've got over 30,000 followers on our Facebook page, but obviously there's a potential that we may even lose the ability to use that medium. And so we are encouraging people to go to our ministry page. You also can reach out to me politically at jasonrapert.com, which is very easy. It's just my name.com. So go to jasonrapert.com. You can reach me there. And, uh, and it, from there, you can email me or send me a message and stay in touch that way. Some great words of wisdom and encouragement from what some call a very controversial senator in the Arkansas legislature. But I feel that the words uh, that he spoke to us today are very timely. And things uh, that he spoke on uh, from his tenure, his experiences, it, it seems intimidating. And, you know, it, it is worrisome, but... The spirits that be that he spoke about, the, the people who have engaged Christians for intimidation purposes is so biblical. Uh, and I, I, I went back to look at the trailer for the, for the movie that he mentioned, which I'll add that link into the podcast description below. But... It left me speechless. It honestly left me speechless. But these people, I don't believe, I don't believe the majority of them believe in the entity that they are quote-unquote worshiping. However, they are mocking Christians and they repudiate what we believe and what we stand for. But does that mean to hate them? No. It does not mean to hate them at all. Because even more so, we need to love them. And we need to back, back this up. Because this is what this podcast is about. It's about engaging you. Now, politically, I mean, this is what's going on in the world. This is what's going on in America. I mean, it's going on in little old Arkansas, the Mayberry State, right? That's going on here. And imagine, I can't, even, I can't even fathom, and I feel so bad for people like uh, uh, Pastor uh, Darren Sargent 
or uh, uh, Pastor uh, Morgan in San Francisco, because this is little Arkansas. I can't even imagine what's going on in California and any pastor in the large cities. Uh, it, it, it's it's something that we definitely need to pray for. If there's anything you need to pray for, it's definitely to pray for the people who have to uh, confront these individuals that want to do wicked things, that want to make fun of our leaders. But also, in retrospect, if you are doing the same thing, especially, let's say, I I know this is very common, especially now, that we're making fun of Joe Biden and we're making fun of Nancy Pelosi or leaders that be, like Mitch McConnell calling him a turtle man. You know, all... You know, all fun and games to the side. If you're getting serious with it and you become mockers of humanity, you become no better than some of the ones that Senator Rapert mentioned. And I think it's timely for the fact that, you know, what's going on, not just in Arkansas, not just, you know, in small America, but what's going on in America in general, with all the chaos, the burning and the rioting in the streets and not caring about property, it, it's very timely uh, considering Second Timothy uh, 3, uh, verses 1 uh, through 9. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women uh, loaded down with sins, lead away by various lust, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres uh, resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for the folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. Apostolics, we need to wake up and smell the coffee. If there was a time to be more engaged and to actually stand up for the principles that we believe in, now is the time. Because this world that we need needs more of our values. We need to pray more. We need to invest more of our time into loving everybody. We need to invest more in trying to implement our standards. Now, granted, we're not trying to fight against their First Amendment right, but we need to put more of our values and become a steward for our community to uphold what is good in this world so that, by example, we can be the subject of change that alters not only our community but our state and our country 
as a whole. I understand that this interview, some of it may be discouraging about what's out there, but don't be intimidated because God did not give us the spirit of fear, but he gave us clarity and a sound mind. So I hope this podcast left you motivated and encouraged and ready to engage in the campaigns ahead. So before we end this podcast, I want to remind you that if you have any questions or suggestions, please contact me. Follow me on social media, on our Facebook page, On Top of the Mount with Darren Waddles podcast, or you can email me at draywaddles at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing uh, your suggestions and listening to your or uh, answering your questions on the podcast ahead. And if you haven't, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Uh, I know there's a lot of Pentecostals and Apostolics that are uh, politically intrigued in the process. So let's get engaged and send out the word today. So until next time, we'll talk again on top of the mountain.